0: we're live we welcome all you that have joined us live we're going back to the book of Job tonight we're going to be in chapter 20 we're going to pick back up with verse 22 uh, all you guys that are joining us around the globe you that are here in the building tonight and those of you who get this podcast we welcome you so let's pray and let's get into the book of Job again Lord we thank you for this time we have together we thank you for your love and mercy we thank you for your salvation Nothing else matters, Lord, if we're not born again, if we're not on our way to heaven. And So we just pray that you make that continue to make that real to us and help us be effective witnesses so that we can share the truth of your word and the reality of eternity with others. Lord, those that are listening and that will hear this message, we just pray, God, that it will impact us in such a way that after we've heard your word, we'll be more like you. Thank you for your love and mercy and certainly for your long-suffering. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Let's go to Job chapter 20. Let's pick up in verse 22. He's talking about people. When these guys are speaking to Job, they're all talking about people that are in the wrong and what they're going to suffer. And a lot of what they're saying is true if people don't repent and get right with God. Uh, Of course, I've said this over and over. It's just not Job's situation. There's a different thing going on here. So this is a true thought. Uh, It says in uh, 20, verse 22, In his self-sufficiency, speaking of a man who's not walking with God, uh, he will be in distress. And we found that out, haven't we? For every hand of misery will come against him. When he is about to fill his stomach, God will cast on him the fury of his wrath uh, and will rain it on him while he is eating. He will flee from the iron weapon and a bronze bowl will pierce him through. And we we see that God, when God's ready to judge something or someone, and then eventually the whole world's going to be judged, and only those who follow Christ are going to overcome. But remember, Ahab. This is this this verse. He illustrates that verse there. He said, uh, "He will flee from the iron weapon, and the bronze bow will pierce him through." When Ahab was going to go to battle, right? Remember, and he's going up with the king from Judah and Ahab, because he's got a word from Micah, the prophet, that he reluctantly believes. He knows he tells him the truth. He kind of kidded with him at first. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible because he kind of uses sarcasm with King Ahab. And then Ahab, because he has enough fear to think that Micah told him the truth, he tells the king of Judah, you got you just dress as a king and I'm going to dress like one of the regular guys. So he was trying to avoid being singled out. And Ahab was killed that day because the Bible said a stray arrow found a place between the armor and killed him. Now he was against God. Ahab was Jezebel's husband. Or she was his wife. Whatever. I think she ran the show there. But he... he uh, He lost his life that day. And he was trying within his strength, right? And his self-sufficiency. He thought he was being clever, remember? But it was, he had been rebelling on God. And God said, your time's up. And even though he did everything he could do to secure his life, the Bible says a stray arrow found its way in between the armor and he died. So there's, you know, there's nowhere to hide from God, nowhere to run. And what happens to a nation? And I I get frustrated when you see all the horrible decisions that are made in this country from government to education to whatever. But when you turn from God and continue to turn away from God, you continue to make bad decisions. And those bad decisions just start piling up. That can happen to an individual. That can happen to a family. It can happen to a city. It can happen to a nation. And that's what we're watching here in our own country. We're watching... We've been turning away from God since the 1920s. We really got... Took another sharp turn in the 60s and the 70s. And then we've been just steadily moving away from God in so many ways. And now... One bad decision on top of the other. We have so many blind people spiritually that are in places of authority in this country we live in and it's just one bad decision after another. We are, I think I heard them say yesterday on my truck on the radio, we are $33 trillion in debt. I can't even write that on this board I got here. Thirty-three trillion dollars in there. And it is going up. And so this, I told my wife today, I said, this ain't going to end well. It's just everything we're doing is, is backfiring on us. It's going the wrong direction. But we've been steadily moving away from God for the last hundred years. And uh, that's what we get. One bad decision on top of another. And he says, uh, so he uh, tries to escape and then he gets taken down. That happened with Ahab. It is, uh, it is drawn and comes out of the body. Yes, the glittering point comes out of his gall. Terrors come upon him. Total darkness is reserved for his treasures. Uh, Job said, the wicked may lay it up, but the righteous are going to get it. So uh, we see some of that in the scripture where God spoils the wicked and gives the proceeds to the righteous. And unfa- why? Because really, God owns it all. Uh, America don't really own anything. Uh, we are, I've said this many times. Ownership is horizontal, not vertical. Vertically, none of us own anything. It all belongs to God. Paul said in Corinthians, he said... Which one of you have something you haven't received? In other words, who in this building has made something from nothing? Or anybody listening to me? None of us. Only God is that way. He can make something out of nothing. He speaks things into existence. So vertically, you don't own anything. Horizontally, we do. That's Rob's shirt, and this is mine, right? But vertically, you don't own anything. So if God, in His infinite wisdom, decides to transfer the wealth from Russia to England he can do it it's his prerogative and they've never nor will they ever come up with AI that'll ever outdo God the Bible says his foolishness is greater than the highest wisdom of men and so if God desires, designs, if he says, this wicked man's come to his end, I'm going to transfer his wealth to somebody somewhere else, he can do that. God has the power to do that. It's his stuff anyway. He's, whatever you and I possess toward God is just borrowed. Including, but not limited to, our children. Our children come from God. We are stewards over them. The first ownership, the first lien holder is God. You've seen that on a car title or something? First lien holder, second lien holder, third lien holder. The first lien holder of everything is God. And then it comes from there. So the, the wicked can lay it up and uh, the righteous will get it because God, He does everything sovereignly. He's in charge the heavens will reveal his iniquity and the earth will rise up against him the increase of his house will depart and all his goods will, will flow away and the day of his wrath this is the portion of, of, from God for a wicked man the heritage appointed to him by God so when I was growing up the two biggest bootleggers in two the two counties that came together there collided one night and killed one another how many lives they had ruined, spoiled, how much wickedness they had sown. But when God comes to an end, now we know he's long-suffering and merciful. But when his his mercy runs out in a situation or with an individual or with a country, a nation, and eventually it's going to run its course with the world. And he's going to come back soon, I believe, and judge the world. He says, uh, then Job starts talking again. He said, then this is one of his critics there and, and what they're saying and once again is true but it's not the case with Job because Job's in a whole different God's allowed all this to come over and I was reading some Jewish stuff today that's outside of the scripture and they used an interesting phrase about Satan and it was about Job and uh, it's the words they used was that when talking about Satan they said when he had received authority In other words, and we'll remember this, we go back to the front of this book. He didn't have any authority to mess with Job until he got it from God. God had to basically hand him that authority or he couldn't do nothing. You remember? He said, he said, I can't get at that guy because you've got a hedge built around him. All right? So God drops the hedge and he gives him permission to do certain things. And Job was used by God, not only during that moment, but for all of us. Because we all are in situations where we will be challenged to give up, we'll be, get discouraged, where we'll uh, face the enemy, right? And we got to fight that battle. Endurance. Endurance is the key to Christianity. Endurance. You and I should have decided yesterday we weren't going to quit. You can't wait till you get in the middle of the battle and say, I don't know if I want to do this. You decide that yesterday. And why? Because of love. Because of relationship. Right? We decided yesterday we weren't going to quit. And that's what we're walking into today. So Job comes back and he's talking. Uh, He says, listen carefully to my speech and let this be your consolation. Bear with me that I may speak. And after I've spoken, keep mocking. (laughs) So you can tell where Job's at. We would have said it differently, right? Here in Kentucky. Well, he said, go on run your mouth there. Just keep running on. I'm going to tell you one more thing. Then you can just keep flapping your gums, right? That's probably how we would have said in Kentucky. Uh, As for me, is my complaint against man? And if it were, why should I not be impatient? Look at me and be astonished. Put your hand over your mouth. Now, I read something else. You remember where we read where these guys sat for seven days? I read something in the Jewish stuff that I have that talked about how when these guys, and this is interesting to me, when his friends came, they weren't sure it was him. Because he had, was so consumed with sores and trouble and grief. Remember what the Bible said about Jesus? said he, he, he said he was unrecognizable when he was headed up to that cross. Because he had blood covering his face. His back was shredded like hamburger meat from that whip. Crown of thorns shoved so the blood's just poured. He's been punched, beat, he's probably swollen all over his face. Spit running down him, beard, and there goes the guy. That's the Messiah for the whole world. Unrecognizable as Isaiah puts it. He says, look at me and be astonished. Put your hand over your mouth. Even when I remember, I'm terrified and trembling takes hold of my flesh. So they're looking at him and these writings I was reading from said they were kind of trying to make sure it was him. He was such bad shape. Why do the wicked live and become old? Yes, become mighty in power. Their, de- their descendants are established with them in their sight and their offspring before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear. Neither is the rod of God upon them. Now we've all faced times like that. Why do the wicked people seem to be doing okay. And here I am fighting for my life. I asked God about that one time. He had no obligation to answer me. God don't always answer me. Sometimes He is silent. Sometimes He tells me things I don't want to hear. (laughs) Sometimes He straightens me out. Sometimes He encourages me. All that's part of who God is. And I asked the Lord, I said, Why don't you do things in some of these... I talk to God my own way, okay? So I just said, why don't you do something to some of these crazy people? You know, how come... And you look around and you think, here are the godly people, Then they're fighting for their lives, so to speak, and facing all these battles. And I said, why don't you do some of that to these other folks? <laughs> I was thinking like Job. I was thinking like Psalm 73. Remember Asaph, he said... I was looking at the wicked and everything's going their way. They're doing fine. They got plenty of money. They don't even care about God and everything. They don't get sick like the rest of us. And I really believe the Lord spoke this to me. He said, because they don't belong to me. The Bible says he chastens those whom he loves. And then he went on to say, if you don't get chastened, you don't belong to him. The old King James says we're bastards. We don't have a father. Wow. So if you got a whooping from the Lord this week, you ought to be smiling tonight. Because that means you belong to him. Right? That's the good news, right? That you actually belong to the Lord. That he takes time. I don't spank other people's children. I don't even spank my own anymore. They're too big. But I don't, I don't spank other people's children. I discipline my own. I disciplined my own children, but I didn't discipline other people's children. What happens to the wicked? They get opportunities to come to God if they continue to refuse. Then the Psalm 73 clears this up for us. I read that once in our study here. You can go back and look at it again because that's, that's that dilemma. Oh, man, everybody, the bad people are fine. Us people are trying to serve you. We're getting our brains beat out. But then he concludes where we need to hear But God disciplines us. But what happens to the wicked if they continue to refuse God? They may... Then that's part of the deception of Satan, right? Letting everything go their way. And that helps deceive them. Then all of a sudden, they get cut off. And that's what the psalmist said. They're gone. Those bootleggers I told you about had more money than most people in the county. A good drug dealer and a good bootlegger, if there's such a thing, does not use their product. (laughs) right and so they goods are not a good adjective to use there but but uh, <laughs> they they these guys had as big time wealth but they were gone in an instant one night bam no more bootleggers neither county or no big time guys gone in an instant that's what happens to the wicked but they don't get chastened by the lord because they don't belong to the lord he chastens those whom he loves then he says he says trembling takes hold of him why do the wicked live become old yes become mighty in power their descendants are established with them and their sight and their offspring before their eyes you got to remember this is satan's system in the world it's his, he's not interested in promoting you and me he wants to lie about you and me he wants to discourage us he wants to defeat us the devil has no interest in promoting you and I if we're going to tell people about Jesus if we're going to influence people with how we live and follow the Christ he says their houses are safe from fear neither is the rod of God upon them why? Because they don't belong to Him. Their bull breeds without failure. Uh, their cow calves without miscarriage. They send forth their little ones like a rock and their children dance. They sing to a tambourine and harp, rejoice to the sound of the flute. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. Yet they say to God, depart from us for we do not desire the knowledge of your ways. And that's, This is very similar language to Psalm 73. Who is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what profit do we have if we pray to Him? See, that's the attitude of the world. They, they don't believe, they don't see the value of serving God. And you have to be, you have to have uh, long-term vision if you're going to serve God. We, you have to realize that the payoff, there's a lot of wonderful things that happen to us, of course, but the, the, real, the major payoff's at the end of our race. And you've got to have endurance if you're going to walk with God. Uh, And and Indeed, their prosperity is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How often is the lamp of the wicked put out? How often does their destruction come upon them? The sorrows God uh, distributes in his anger. They are like straw before the wind, and chaff in a storm carries away. They say, God lays up one's iniquity for his children. Let him recompense him that he may know it. Let his eyes see the destruction. Let him drink of the wrath of the Almighty. For what does he care about his household after him when the number of his months is cut in half? Can anyone teach God knowledge? The answer that's no, since he judges those on high. One dies in his full strength, being wholly at ease, and secure. His pails are full of milk, and the marrow of his bones is moist. Another man dies in the bitterness of his soul, never having eaten with pleasure. They lie down alike in the dust, and worms cover them. Think about that for a minute, because that, that still happens, don't it? Think about a child born in Africa who's never known nothing but famine. never had nothing to eat but porridge and we get mad if the drive through takes a little longer than it should shame on us think about the guy who's or the gal think about the girl in the middle east that is picked up every day by the Taliban, who's eight years old and raped continually all day long and then brought back to her parents. And we thought we had trouble. I'll never forget watching that clip from the war several years ago where the ladies who were enduring that, the terrorists, Islamic terrorists, would come by that village take their small children between the ages of five and middle school, boys and girls, they would take them from the village and rape them all day long and bring them back at the end of the day. And the mothers were saying, please tell the Americans to bomb us and kill us. They'd rather have died than to watch that. And be a part of that. Sin. If you were at the baptism last Sunday. Or Sunday before. What Todd shared about sin. That's what's done this to our world. That's why we're here. And money can't fix that. Changing of hearts is what fixes that. New life. Sin is what's... You know, there wouldn't be any of this if sin hadn't entered into the race. And right off the bat, Cain killed Abel. Right off the bat. I'm like, how does that happen? Sin. Sin, the debauchery that Satan has promoted. So he says, you know, these guys, they... uh, Some lie down, some have never eaten with pleasure they lie down like dust the worms cover them both look I know your thoughts and the scheme with which you would wrong me for you say where is the house of the prince they've been mocking him like, and, and I think they started off innocent in the sense that they're looking at a guy who basically ruled the east and now he's brought to nothing and they're scratching their heads thinking how can this be how can a guy who's supposed to have known God as much as he did, how can this happen? Now, that's our problem. That's human nature. Our problem is to judge with the seeing of the eye and the hearing of the ear. And God don't do that. God looks at the heart. None of these guys know that God's basically allowed all this to be set up. Even Job don't know it at this time. Job's trying to hang on to God, and these guys are mocking him. But originally, they, I think they started out sincere. I think in, the, in their minds and hearts, they're thinking, how can this guy, if he's who we thought him to be, how can all this be happening to him? Didn't, he was eyes to the blind. He, and I read some uh, other historical stuff that talked about how Job uh, had just stores, stores of things to help other people. He was that kind of guy. Just that they believe that he had storage storage buildings, not to store his stuff, but set aside to help the poor, the needy. He was constantly trying to do that. Now, here's what happens, and I want to give you this lesson again. Uh, when you and I are blessed by God, He brings blessings. We'll call that water flows into the blessings flow into our lives what God wants he does want this he wants you to be blessed but he don't he wants you to be a blessing to others so that water is supposed to flow into you and I and then out here whatever to to other stick people right so you God wants it to bless you and flow out and bless others what he say freely you receive freely you give right whatever mercy how many of you got mercy give it away forgiveness give it away money give it away do things whatever god's blessed you with don't be a hoarder now what happens is people come out here and in their lives they build dams and they instead of being a blessing to others they start damming everything up with what they've been blessed with, and pretty soon that pool of water, and what happens? They wind up drowning in their own stuff. So if I'm the Lord, or if I'm a if I'm if I'm a businessman and this side of the church it represents one of my warehouses and this side represents another, if I bring the product to this side and they distribute it, right? I'm going to keep bringing them fresh product. If this side hoards it, I'm not bringing them anything fresh. Pretty soon, what happens is you get stagnant, and you can even drown because you come become a hoarder, so to speak, with anything. With mercy, love. How can we not give mercy? Have you looked in the mirror lately to see how pretty you were? Have you think about it? How can we not be long suffering to other people? When you think about how long... So freely you've received, freely you give. He said, these guys are... The wicked are reserved for the day of doom. All this, he said, you guys have wronged me. Uh, They say, where's the house of the prince? Where is his tent, the dwelling place of the wicked? Have you not asked uh, those who travel the road? Do you not know their signs? For the wicked are reserved for the day of doom. They are brought out for the day of wrath. Who condemns his way to his face? Who repays him for what he's done? Yet he shall be brought to the grave. A vigil kept over the tomb. The clods of the valley shall be sweet to him. Everyone shall follow him as countless have gone before him. How can you comfort me with empty words since falsehood remains in your answers? So they're, now they've shifted. And the reason they've shifted to really accusing and going after Job is because they think Job is not the guy that they thought he was and they think he's trying to cover it and not come clean. So they've shifted how they're approaching this. Eliphaz, the termite, I'm sorry, the team of that answer said to him he's eating away at job though can a man be profitable to god though he though he who is wise may be profitable to himself again um, you and i we don't add anything to god in other words i don't make god any stronger any lovelier any more righteous or any of that right he i i'm the beneficiary right he he could get his stuff done with chickens rocks donkeys big fish he could do all that without us but he loves us and that's why he calls us little children that little baby has no means to help the family except bring it joy and pleasure the bible says we bring him pleasure right just like a newborn or like a little toddler or, or a child or a grandchild. They, they can't do anything. I mean, you can't go in there when they start walking and say, Now, here's the keys of the lawnmower. Get out there and get something done. Right? They don't, they don't have that ability. They're so dependent on us. Just like we are with God. That's why He calls us His children. So God was all-powerful before I showed up or you showed up. God was all-knowing before we ever came around. All-seeing, all-everything. So God takes pleasure from this relationship he has with us. The same way we do with little children. They don't have any ability to impact our situation, so to speak. As they get older, that changes. But that, that's why we're compared to the little children. They don't have any ability to help the family go around other than give it pleasure, right? Bring the pleasure to those who love. Now, they're, they're dealing with that. It says, uh, can you bring any pleasure to the Almighty Uh, Or is it gain to him that you make your ways blameless? Uh, It is because of your fear of him that he corrects you and enters into judgment with you. Is it not your wickedness? Is not your wickedness great? And your iniquity without end. So now they're just coming right out and saying it. For you have taken pledges from your brother for no reason and stripped the naked of their clothing. This is just the opposite. That's how the devil does. Once he gets you beat down, then he really takes after and starts lying on you. You have not given the weary water to drink. And, and here's the, what we have to do. We have to not receive His lies. Don't receive them. We don't receive. In the Psalms 103, in Psalm 103, it says that the angels hearken to the voice of God's Word. Not just God, but to when they hear His Word, that's what they move on. Now think about that for a minute. You and I have angels and in Hebrews and Psalms both talks about how angels are ministers and it actually says they're ministers to those who are heirs of salvation. So, and then the other uh, proverb I believe says, the angel of the Lord or the Psalm says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him to deliver them. So angels are here to work on our behalf. We don't worship angels. We saw that in the Bible where this Uh, Was it John that fell down? He said, get up, I'm like you. In other words, they're not to be worshipped, but they're agents of God who work on our behalf. Now, here's what they do. If we use God's word, they'll move on that. But if we whine and complain and stay beat down all the time, your angels are in the unemployment line. They're drawing a check. Because they ain't having to work. Because they don't, the Bible, they don't move to whining and complaining and that old hee-haw song, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Told my age right there. But they move at God's word how now how's this work jesus in the garden when the devil come after him he didn't try to spar with him he didn't say you better get out of here or i'm gonna whoop you he didn't do it he said it is written it is written it is written and what happened after that the angels showed up to minister to him that's what we're missing i think we need to have enough reverence and respect To not just think we can do it our way to come back to God's Word and use His Word. The Bible says if any man speaks, let him speak as of the oracles of God. And if you've been around me at all in the last 30 years, if I give you an opinion, whether it's from this pulpit or in my office, I'm telling you that. What I want to give you is God's Word. And if you ask me for an opinion, I may give you one, but I'm going to make it clear that you know that's Matthew's opinion and not the Word of God. Matthew's opinions most of the time ain't good for him, let alone anybody else. But God's Word will always stand and it will always bail us out. So we need to have God's Word working in our life. If not, your angel is over there standing beside the praise and worship jukebox ain't got nothing to do. I can just see the angels run over. Oh, they're saying something. Ah, they're just whining and complaining. Let's go back over here and hang out the jukebox. We want our angels to be active. Some of our angels are are going to have to retire early if we don't get busy using God's Word. You, You know what we ought to do? We ought to take a tape recorder and record ourselves for about 48 hours. And see what comes out of these gums of ours. <laughs> so, God, He wants you to use His Word, right? He he wants us to do the right thing, and so this guy's there coming after him, said, "You're wicked, your iniquities without end. You've taken pleasure, just the opposite of who Job was. You've not given the weary water to drink, and you've withheld bread from the hungry." That's not true about Job. But the, but the mighty man possessed the land, and the honorable man dwelt in it. You have sent widows away empty, and the strength of the fatherless was crushed. Therefore, snares are all around you, and sudden fear troubles you. Now think about that. That's how the enemy works on all of us. You get in a battle. And you start thinking everything's futile. That's how the devil wants you to think. He wants you to get in a spot where you'll give up. You may be in a battle right now. You may have even failed. But the devil wants you to say good riddance to everything that's ever went on good in your life. And he makes you focus just on that moment and forget all the good God's done in your life. Or used you in your life. That's how the enemy works on us. He loves to discourage us. If you'll notice this, the most vulnerable times we have as a Christian are when we get discouraged. And then what happens after that? Once we get discouraged, the tendency is to start feeling sorry for ourselves. And once we start feeling sorry for ourselves, the enemy has got a great opportunity to come into our lives and move us in the wrong direction. He said, uh, uh, you've been, the widows went, the strength of followers were crushed, therefore snares are all around you and sudden fear troubles you. This is the direct opposite of who Job was, right? But the devil makes us gets us in a moment and he tries to get us to forget everything we've walked with god in uh and darkness so that you cannot see and the abundance of water covers you Is not is it not god in the height of heaven and see the high stars how lofty they are and you say what does god know can he judge through the deep darkness the thick clouds cover him so that he cannot see and he walks above the circle of heaven will you uh keep to the old way which wicked men have trod who who were cut down before their time whose foundations were swept away uh, by a flood there's a reference to the flood they said to God depart from us what can the Almighty do to them yet he filled their houses now let me say something to you when you read the Bible we got the essential stuff that the Holy Spirit protected and gave to us for our journey But these people who lived back in those times, they heard things. They passed down stuff just like we do. And they knew about the flood. They knew how wicked people were then. Even though Moses was the one uh, given the the ability to pin it down uh, through God. But these guys, they knew about all that. They were living in in their day. And Job's before Moses, but he knew about the flood. They knew about that. Nobody's oblivious to that. No one of them probably talked and said, hey, this is what God did. This is why we're here. This is why we're the only ones left. You know, all that kind of stuff. I want us to get out of this thought that, that people back then run around with clubs and couldn't talk and had deer skin on them. The, uh, Moses obviously had to be able to read or God wouldn't have wrote stuff down for him. And Moses wrote things. The Israelites... We're told to write certain, certain things above their doorposts. These people, we're so prideful and arrogant. Each generation thinks they've arrived. And we've gotten so far away from God in our lives that all this other, this thing right here, though it's a benefit to me tonight, this don't matter. This don't matter. They said, uh, let all the professional people leave town and the, and the, and the garbage pickup guys and see who they want back home first the guys that pick up garbage right essentials we get caught up those people weren't dummies you know if you study babylon and some of the stuff they did the numbering system they have that we still haven't fully figured out just things that go on that we don't know even today so these people weren't dummies they knew what was going on they knew there'd been a flood they knew the people had been wicked knowing them well i'm sure that's probably the biggest story for hundreds of years After knowing them got off that boat. He said, You can't... The cut down before their time, God, depart from us. What can the Almighty do to them? Yet He filled their houses with good things. But the counsel of the wicked is far from me. The righteous see it and are glad, and the innocent laugh at them. Surely our adversaries are cut down, and the fire consumes their remnant. Now acquaint yourself with Him and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. That's good advice to somebody who's living that way. Turn from your wickedness get right with God the best thing we can do is repent that's, that's the best thing we can do now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace thereby good will come to you receive please instruction from his mouth lay up his words in your heart all wonderful advice if you return to the almighty you will be built up you will remove iniquity far from your tent he's telling us about how merciful God is beautiful that's true it's all true. Then, then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold. I like that line. And your precious silver. He'll be what's important to you. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him and He will hear you. You will pay your vows. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. That's all wonderful advice. Turn from wickedness, and this is who God will be to you. True. That is true. It's just not Job's case. When they cast you down, you say exaltation will come. Then he will save the humble person. He will even deliver one who is, in, who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered by the purity of your hands. In other words, God will hear his prayers is what he's trying to get across. God And Job knew that. Job had done that for his children his whole life. Then Job answered, said, Even today my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in his great power? No, but he would take note of me. There the upright could reason with him, and I would be delivered forever from my judge. Now, there's a reflection there by Job, but saying he knows who God is, he just can't get in there. And you've probably had a moment like that. I've had a moment like that. Just you can't find that spot to tie in when it's God is silent for a moment, and. Job knows that if he could get in there where God's at, he knows God is favorable and merciful. He knows all that. Look, I I go forward, but he is not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Wow. See, he's hanging on. That's what God's looking for. When the devil has you and I in a corner, at least he thinks he does, and we keep trusting, man, that gives him a black eye. The Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. How about a life where the devil's trying to get away from you instead of you trying to get away from him? Submit yourself to God resist the devil and he will flee he said uh if i could get in his presence right he says he would be delivered look forward but i cannot he's i'm going i can't find but he knows the way i take i'm going to come forth like gold my foot is held fast to his steps i have kept his way and not turned aside so he's saying to these guys you're talking to what you're saying may be correct But that's not who I am. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is unique. And who can make him change in whatever his soul desires? That he does. You see that theology coming out of him? He he knows who's in charge. For he performs what is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore I am terrified at his presence when I consider this. I am afraid of him, for God made my heart weak, and the Almighty terrifies me because I was not cut off from the presence of darkness, and he did not hide deep darkness from my face. God let him experience this. That's how I feel. I feel God, God, let me experience what I happened to me last year. And, I, and some people look at me funny when I say this, but I say to you again tonight, that was God's gift to me. What he's been doing in my life since Yom Kippur of last year, was when all that took place, is beautiful. And I'm thankful that now I've got to know God In a deeper way. I'm not saying everybody has. We don't all get the same tests right. We don't all get the same situations. You may have something different go on in your life. That causes you to have that perspective. But it's a wonderful thing. To walk in the valley of the shadow of death. And find the Lord right beside you. That'll change your life. It'll change your life. It'll take you to another place. So don't despise the things the Lord is doing in your life. Quite frankly, I'm glad I don't have to have the resume that Paul had. Imagine him sending his letter of resume to the church. Been in jail 10 times, been flogged 10 times. Shipwrecked, handled snakes. (laughs) Three cities have experienced riots when I went through town. That's his resume. Now, listen, the Bible says Jesus, speaking of Jesus, learned obedience by the things he suffered. God takes us on treks and he knows us all. And he knows what's best for us. And your life belongs to him. So if you're going to be a true believer, he gets to call the shots. You don't get to call them. I'll never forget this. When I was getting ready to get married almost 34 years ago, I sat down with my wife. I was still working in the mines at that time, but I knew... God had already called me and I knew that I was headed toward full-time ministry. And I said to my wife, I said, do you understand what that means? Do you understand that if God says, you got to go to Alaska, we have to go to Alaska? I said, do you understand that? And she did. We've not been sent to Alaska yet, but he sent us different places. So ownership, if you understand ownership, life's different. You're owned by God. I'm owned by God. And he says, <clears throat> he said, God allowed me to go in those dark places. Are you a person that God can trust? Are you one of the ones that God can allow to go through hard times to be an example to others? Now listen to what it says in Romans. All things work together for the good of them. It doesn't say him, as in singular, them. Some of the stuff, like this guy here, Job, that we're going to go through is going to help others. Joseph went down to Egypt. Everything about that was rough on him. But he said, you guys meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. He got lied on probably wrote about in the papers he got mislabeled, mistreated suffered, beaten thrown in prison all that stuff but before God was done he wound up being second in command of the whole world same thing with this guy listen, you don't give up I don't give up endurance is the key Perfection is not the key. Endurance is the key. Hanging in there. We looked for one perfect. We found him. His name is Jesus. Now you and I get in there and fall. When you skin your knee, you get up and you keep moving. I like what the old timer said. He said, when you fall, you fall forward. Keep moving, right? Because he's he's in charge. Now, I'm going to leave you with this thought before I close. When I was reading today, I was reading, like I said, some Jewish stuff outside about Job, things that they had thought about Job, passed down about Job. And I started thinking about something that I think we need to take a second look at here as believers. These guys in the Old Testament and in the New Testament honored God as a king. What they were saying, and I believe this is true because I think we see some hints of that in the book of Job. They, they say that Job conducted himself when he would go with, be with God as a priest would have. In other words, reverence, incense, you know, just... And I think a lot of times we need to remember who it is we're dealing with. It's the God of the universe and he deserves our respect our love our time and our attention that's who he is if you're living your life for yourself you're messing up start living your life unto God lay all that other stuff down and let him envelop you in him and honor him praise him bow before Him and worship Him and love Him and respect Him and bring your life as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is our reasonable service. If you belong to God that means He has ownership over you and He calls the shots. And if God wants to take your life in a situation that's going to help others Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I'll walk that path if it'll help your kingdom? Are you willing to say that? See, Christianity can get selfish too. It can get, it's all about me. That's why I say even coming to church is important. You may say, well, I read my Bible through the week. Well, good. Good for you. You better be reading your Bible. (laughs) But what if there's a person in this building that needed you to pat them on the back tonight? That needed you to come alongside of them like the Holy Spirit does us. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy. We we don't have enough words to articulate how wonderful you are to us. You forgive us of our sins. You cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You... Go before us. You show us mercy. You heal us. You deliver us. You care for us. You provide for us. You give us oxygen. (laughs) You protect us. If you just stopped photosynthesis, we'd all be finished. You are so wonderful to us. Help us not to be the people who damn that stuff up. We don't damn the mercy up. We don't damn the forgiveness up. We don't damn the provision up. We are... Blessed and bless others. Help us to walk in the fullness of who you are and lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us.